dumb fun. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast with Andy and Steph. Andy. Oh, hey, Steph. Sorry, we're just pulling up on this big yellow bus. Have you heard the good news? Oh, what's the good news? He's risen. Here, okay, that's great. Here, you take the microphone, set him up in the desert. Well, I'll take the table. That's pretty much all we brought was a microphone and a table. Oh, don't we we brought across too. Don't worry. We strapped across oh, to the top of that bus. Great. Maybe we can find a local shepherd to uh be a guest. <laughs> it's eight days after Easter. Um, okay, you know what I realized though? It is what? just one day after Orthodox Easter, so we're not that off. What are we talking about? Greeks? Um is yeah, I think so. Oh, do they not prefer to be called Greek? No, Greeks? I just, it's, I only know is it. Greek, is Greek no longer the preferred the <laughs> culture? No, I oh, just, Jesus. I only know it because, Everything like, moves so fast now. Please don't cancel <laughs> me. I'm sorry, Greeks. My, my calendar just, like, has the holidays, and it wanted me to know that today is Orthodox Easter. That's Eastern how. Orthodox, they call it. Eastern Orthodox. Um, okay. Well, happy, happy Orthodox Easter observed. Uh, and that, of course, is why today's episode is on Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, our third Andrew Lloyd Webber. Star. I can't believe that we're already. I mean, I can, I guess. He's he's sort of the king. But uh... well, he's a lord. Certainly. <laughs> he's not. The, he's not the king yet. But there is a line of succession. He's got to be in that line, right? In, in which he eventually could be the king. <laughs> a lot of people would have to buy, die. It would have to be a Kiefer Sutherland designated survivor scenario. Yeah, it would be really. <laughs> it'd be tragic, but there would be the most beautiful silver and red and blue and gold lining. That's a little joke. From um, and what a coronation! Okay, can you imagine? There, a Tim Rice would write lyrics to God save the queen. <laughs> Elton will perform, of course. Of course he will. Um, Steph, it's, and again, now I just want to say the reason why we're dropping this episode eight, eight days after Easter is because our, our, our episode got got delayed um, due to what I would call guest error. Um, <laughs> you and, don't have to uh, throw, our and, guests come and do this. You don't have to throw them under the bus like I that. didn't say which one, but whoever it was, she, she canceled on us. <laughs> and... Um, and so, uh, and so anyway, so we had to redo it the next week. So that's why we're off. And then we, we, we had stuff scheduled like all through April to go on the dates, but we were like, we can't, let's just, let's not, let's not bump JC. All can't. right. I went to Catholic school. One. You can't, he's not Matt Damon for Christ's sake, for his <laughs> sake. Um, and so we didn't want to bump him. So we kept him uh, right here and, uh, and here he is and, and the Lord, by the Lord, I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber certainly has a lot to say about him. Sure does. Um, Andy, do you fuck with Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> you sound like a hip youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the, the short answer is no, Steph, that I, I've never in my life fucked with Jesus, fucked with Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, and that when I was a kid, my dad used to sing... Uh, just sort of around the house sometimes he'd sing, Jesus Christ, superstar, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> and so for years, I thought those were the lyrics because I, that was the only um, exposure I had to it. Um, except that there's one other thing that's like, it turns out very important to my uh, uh, intake of Jesus Christ, superstar, and, and in particular to this movie uh, and that is a, a sketch from Mr. Show uh, called Jeepers Creepers Semi Star. 
And so this is on the very first DVD release of Mr. Show, which like my freshman year of college is like one of, you know, eight DVDs I have and I'm <laughs> watching it every single night before I go to sleep. So yeah, in season uh, two, I'm gonna call it season two, episode four, there is a, a sketch called Jeepers Creepers Simi Star. And I'm just gonna play some little clips from it here because I didn't know until I saw Jesus Christ Superstar this week how much of a sort of <laughs> homage to Jesus Christ it's, Superstar it is. Yes. Here is, so this is Jeepers Creeper. It's sort of about a slacker played by Jack Black, very young Jack Black, uh, who is like, not really good, not really bad, and his parents don't really know what to do with him. So this is his parents who are dressed like the high priests. What should we do about our boy Jeepers Creepers? He's not all that good, but he's not all that bad. This is uh, Gene Triplehorn who uh, hits him with a rock after he says someone should cast the first stone. I don't know what to think. I just got here. Etc. Uh, and then I have one more, which is oh, in in Jesus Christ Superstar, it's the what's tell what's the hats tell me what, what is it? Is what's what's the buzz? Tell me what's a happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's a happening. And this is the the Mr. Show version. So I play all this just to say that, like, it turns out that this was in me the whole time. The calls were, in fact, coming from inside the house. Uh, and that I was quite, for, like, right before we watched the movie, our friend Matt Riggs on, on uh, our sister show, 30 Characters, said, if you've seen the Mr. Show sketch, you've pretty much seen the movie. Uh, and it turns out that's kind of the case for me. But no, until this week, stuff, I had not fucked with Jesus Christ Superstar. Wow, just think it's the last time you can say that. Well, I know, truly is, but Steph, I must ask you, do you fuck with Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, I do, and and I have to apologize to my mother, who does not like swearing, but yeah, Mom, I fucks with Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> uh, I okay, think it's the new I version ha- of Jesus is just all right with me. <laughs> I, I have what I think is a very common experience for children of boomers, which is that... Uh, in our house, we listened to this album at Easter every year. Wow. Um, because it was my mother, it was along with Handel's Messiah. Um, but it was just like, it was just sort of like always around. Um, importantly, one of, so we had the um, the original studio version. And then we also had this version from uh, the 90s, which featured the Indigo Girls. Amy wow. Ray as Jesus and Emily Sailors as Mary. Um, and it is, it's, it's like the perfect, like plopping Jesus Christ superstar forward 20 years to be just sort of like an alti Atlanta vibe. Um, it's great. And it I is, mean, we were talking about this with our guests, but in the nineties, the seventies were back. Exactly. And like, and so that, that was the perfect prime time for a JCS to make a big return. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was very, it was sort of just like around, um, and so I knew the music really well. Um, but then I got actually like really into it during my freshman year of college when I was in a production that was put on by uh, the on-campus Catholic Church at UW-Madison. Um, I was in the, I was in one of the choruses, the like the mob, the more mobby chorus. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a really powerful experience for like a little 19 year old who's questioning their faith uh, to dive into something like this. You were in one of the scenes where they talk about how there's 50,000 people around, even though there's 15 people dancing. Yeah, I was one of those people that represented 10,000 people. <laughs> okay. You are a legion. I was the first person who questions Peter. That was like my, oh. my big little, I know, I was, I was the one who was poking that bear. 
Um, and yeah. And he and is like, kind of a bear in this movie. And <laughs> he really, he's got every, okay. This is, I have like a whole section in my notes about the costumes that I want to talk about. But like inherent in that is the, are the hairstyles, which are yeah. just incredible. Like every single person looks great. And they're like great movie. at being like sort of era specific, you know, but or yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they, they sort of look like people looked at that time. And, and this guy who plays Peter um, does look like Daniel Bryan as, you know, when he, <laughs> when he had the really Billy Goat look. Um, I just forgot what the other thing I was going to say is about boxing with Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> oh, 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 I remember what it is now. So importantly, though, like I all of that is I had this big affection for the music and for the stage show. And I thought that I hadn't seen the movie. Until we watched the movie like a week ago to prepare for this podcast. And it turns out like what I had in my head were these just sort of like ephemeral desert shots. And I was like, well, yeah, it's like a story that happens in Israel. And so I must just be. No, it just turns out that like I 100% had seen the movie. But like all that was left were sort of these like still shots of mountains and sand. Um, I mean, that, that's what this movie is. Right. When exactly. you say ephemeral desert shots, I'm pretty sure that that was the working title of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so it was, I was really, uh, I coming back to this, it was very, I was delighted at how much I enjoyed watching this movie. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, well, should we bring our guests in to talk about it? Yeah. I love that. Why don't I go first? Yeah. I'm going to introduce a returning guest, uh, you know her from our Frozen episode, and we brought her back. Uh, Amanda, we call this, in, in Catholicism, we call this C&E. You're a C&E person, because you're here for Christmas, you're here for Easter. And, th- and <laughs> oh that's about gosh. it. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It's, Am- it's Amanda DeWitt. How are you, Amanda? <laughs> I'm tired, but chop it at the bit to talk about Jesus Christ Superstar. This oh, is yeah. my favorite. <laughs> I can't tell if your sunglasses are because you have a sitcom hangover or if you're trying to look like they do when they get off the bus. <laughs> Actually, neither. But, um, oh, okay. you know, being Fair up enough. all night with a baby is is your 30s version of a hangover. So, <laughs> well, if you make it past 33, you're doing better than the protagonist. Protag- well, if you make it past 33, you're doing better than the protagonist of this movie did. <laughs> Good enough for a second take. That's right. <laughs> Uh, who else we got, Steph? Our other guest today is uh, an audiophile. He's a sound expert. He is married to <laughs> Tina Hoff. His name is Brandon Hoff. Welcome, buddy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Brandon. Now, Brandon, hey, I'm you... I'm so you, glad to have you here. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Tina, uh, you're, you're, of course, your wife, Tina, is our... We sort of call her the third chair of our podcast. And uh, yeah. she, when we recorded our very first episode with Tina... Uh, you, I think you were helping her with the mic and stuff and you just like leaned into the zoom and said, if you guys do Jesus Christ Superstar, please have me on. Just please, please have me on. Please yeah. Have me on. Yeah. I, um, the moment I knew that you guys were doing the show, I, I immediately said that. And then I also reached out to Steph a little later via text and I was like, listen, I really want to do this because it's my favorite <laughs> musical. So listen, it's real. Yeah. So where does that come from for you? Um, well, and in short, do you fucks with Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like I wouldn't peg myself as like a musical person yeah. i wouldn't peg myself at all <laughs> yeah That'd be really hard yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> um but like you know like tina she's she's the musical per- like i i fuck with music heavily but not musicals as much sure. like tina is the musical person of our duo uh, but I definitely fucks with jesus christ superstar it's my absolute favorite but how did that happen for you where did you first uh, encounter it 
I feel like I've always known of its like existence, like just like culturally, like I just knew that it was a thing that it existed, but never really like watched it or heard it or anything until I saw the 2018 NBC live Ooh. version oh, of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with uh Johnny uh, Legend. John yeah, Legend. Yeah. John, yeah. John Legend and uh Sarah Bareilles and Alice Cooper. Um mm-hmm. I loved it. Like I saw I saw it and I was like, man, this this absolutely whips ass. Like it was it was so good. Like um I especially um Brandon uh Dixon as Judas uh was just phenomenal. He's my absolute favorite. And I think like I I grew up kind of religious like i i was really into the church like between eighth grade and 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 a good portion of high school and so it kind of brings me back to that time of like i like i every time i see this musical or like watch it i like reflect on that time but um i really love just like how judas is portrayed in this and that like, that's what really got me interested in it and then um i saw like the 2000 i think there's like a 2001 or 2000 version that was like it's, shot. It's a millennial version. Yeah, I I saw that I saw that one and I like that one too. And then I finally got a uh, they they are doing or they did a tour of it, and they came here uh, in Appleton and I got to see it live and yeah, I just it, phenomenal live as as well. Wow. So so glad that I got to see it and yeah, just it, it is the musical I think about the most and like really like just has affected me a lot in a pretty big way and i just i love it it's great was this your first time seeing this movie uh yes yes um i actually uh same with the the concept album i i this week was the first time i actually sat down and listened to it and for me to kind of like compare that to my experiences like because like i sort of experienced this like in reverse because like i heard all the modern stuff before hearing like the original like 70s album and then seeing the original like mm-hmm. 70s movie so like to compare that like it's, it's been kind of interesting for me uh for sure like uh i i enjoyed the movie i i overall but i do have some some weird not gripes but like just like minor issues with it yeah interesting okay i can't wait to hear your takes on that throughout the the description of the plot uh but amanda i believe that you also requested this from very early in the in oh, our podcast process absolutely i you know much like steph it was a mainstay of our easter celebrations uh wow. the 1970s uh broadway version of the uh soundtrack and it was a movie we watched every easter <laughs> so wow. it was very deep in our culture as catholics um easter being the most important religious celebration and now as somebody who's not catholic but still likes to celebrate renewal in the springtime it still fits <laughs> it still <Yeah>. works <laughs> and the broadway um, version is ted neely the same jesus right i got to see ted neely um, oh, oh wow. in like a 90s uh at the cadillac or the oriental theater in chicago oh, wow. they threw frisbees at the crowd i think <laughs> i probably still have one of those <laughs> very cool um and then you know i saw the 2000s version this was an album that like oh i'm driving back to college better crank some tunes and i'd put on jesus christ superstar <laughs> and the album for you is the broadway soundtrack yes Yes. Okay. Cuz that's a yes. that's that's a fine distinction for a lot of people. I know Steph oh I think listens God. to the yeah. concept album. 
Uh-huh. It's very, uh, I love, I love that, like, each of us have identified just, like, a different specific one. I well, buy a large go movie soundtrack, but there is one song in particular that I don't care for the performance of in this movie, so. Uh, is it King but, Herod? It is King Herod, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I have some thoughts about it, uh, okay, both cool. from a, from a sonic perspective and also just how I feel about that song in general. Hell yeah. Can I Urgent. also say, in the movie, that is the principal from Billy Madison? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Amanda, if you don't think it was in my notes to talk about how King Herod is the revolting blob, you got another thing coming. I remember uh, learning about it being like, oh, nope, perfect. Well, okay. So yeah, well, I have just a tiny bit more information on that later, but uh, I, I guess let, let's let's get on into it and talk about, uh, I just sort of want to talk about. How yeah. did this like wacky piece of music come to be? Uh-huh. You can't say how did this get made. That is uh, trademarked. I, I, I realized that about TMT. <laughs> so the year is 1960-something. And it's the late 60s. Tim Rice has this idea about the story of Christ from this perspective of Judas. And he brings it to Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, his writing partner, who says, of course, that it is the, quote, stupidest idea he had ever heard in his life. <laughs> Uh, but they powered through and for whatever reason finished it by 1970, but they're unable to get any backing for an actual stage production. So they decide to record a concept album of the musical, which features as Jesus, Ian Gillen, the lead singer of Deep Purple, uh, Murray Head from the chess musical as Judas. He's also uh, Giles from Buffy's brother, but that's neither here nor there. And uh, Yvonne Elliman and Barry Denon, who are in this movie and on Broadway, originating their roles on the concept album to Mary Magdalene and Pilot. Uh, the album's a smash hit to the Billboard Top 100. The album is the number one album for many weeks of 1971, which is like... Why like all the other albums that are at number one that year? I wish I had noted a single one of them, but they're all like very like rock and roll hippie albums, and this fits right in. But it's also like such a standout just looking at the list, you know. MCA Records uh, actually ends up having to shut down twenty one yeah. unauthorized productions in America because people are trying to put it up on stage as soon as this album gets big. And so finally, in July of 1971, the first authorized live performance happens at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh to 13,000 people. Uh, and Carl Anderson uh, is finally on, on deck here as Judas. Uh, and then finally, they get their funding and they debut on Broadway in October of 1971. The great Ben Vereen uh, plays Judas, but he gets sick and Carl Anderson is like his understudy. And so he steps in to replace him a lot of nights and then they start trading back and forth. Uh, but even before that... During the filming of Fiddler on the Roof, Barry Denon, who plays Pilot, he's in Fiddler, and he gives the concept album to the director of Fiddler on the Roof, Norman Jewison. And uh, despite being a hit, the album had been met with what Lord Webber describes as a massive dose of British indifference. But Norman Jewison loves it. He lobbies to direct it, and then he and Melvin Bragg write the script while scouting locations in israel they're moving around deserts in israel listening to the concept album on a tape recorder in order to immerse themselves in the film setting this is just the most rich people shit in the world to me by the way it's just like (laughs) i'm gonna write a movie i'm gonna fly to israel to write the movie because that's where the movie takes place that's i don't do that for comedy sketches you know so i I don't (laughs) i was reading um a thing about the filming in israel and there was some like security guard who was helping provide security for set and they commented look we already had one jesus here and he caused a lot of trouble (laughs) there's a story too about how one day they couldn't find any electricians on the set 
And then they realized it was because there had been like a military skirmish and all the adults in Israel are in the army. So they had to go fight. And then like two days later, they came back victorious and like got to got back to work on the movie set, which is wild. Woof. Yeah, that is some rich people shit. <laughs> that is some rich people shit. <laughs> um, so here's a list of people that are considered for Jesus for the movie. Uh, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Barry Gibb, Robert Plant, Mickey Dolenz. And uh, there's an audition by a 17-year-old John Travolta, who uh, does not get the part, but basically... Oh, I know, the world I know. that might have been. My God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> um, and then Ted Neely's agent gets a hold of Norman Jewison, and he's like, you gotta see this guy. So Norman Jewison drives from Palm Springs to LA, which which uh, I recently, we learned when we were in Palm Springs last week's stuff, is not a close drive. It's about three hours at least. That's some rich people shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. We were literally staying at a house on like a, the PGA like subdivision. It's owned like, by like the, PGA. the golf subdivision. They yeah. like own it. Yeah. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yes. It was it was wonderful. We had Thank a great time, too. but at least twice while we're outside by the pool, like a golf ball hit the roof of the house and just fell into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's how on a golf course this house is. <laughs> so Norman Jewison drives to Palm drives to LA from Palm Springs to see Ted Neely and Tadami and Tommy. And I think we all know what happened there. Ted Neely was sick, so he didn't go on. And they had to have a hotel meeting the next day where Ted Neely goes to the meeting wearing a fake beard and mustache. Like, because I guess he thinks it's going to help him get the part. And I guess it does because he gets the part. Um, and Ben Vereen, he, he, I don't know exactly what the story is because Ben Vereen's a, a star to me still to this day. But he says the film producers never wanted him for the movie. And he didn't worry about it too much because he gets Pippin, like, right away. And then he gets his Tony for lead actor in Pippin, like, right after that. Goes on to gross about $24.5 million, which is the equivalent of about $160 million in 2023 dollars. The reaction is wild to it. Some people think it's too Christian. Some people think it's not Christian enough. Some people think it's anti-Semitic. Uh, according to Ted Neely, Norman Jewison showed the movie to Pope Paul VI, uh, who said that he believed that it would bring more people around the world to Christianity to Christianity than anything ever has before, which <laughs> is a wild, I don't know. Again, seems like more rich people shit. Like the Pope's like, oh, I gotta say something. <laughs> what do I what do I say to stroke this guy's ego to get him out of my office? I, okay, I want to talk about this though, because there, I mean, I'm sure that you're about to get to this, but there's like, there's controversy when this comes out too, like, right? Like people respond to it and say that it's it's blasphemous in some ways um and i think that it's really interesting that like that happens while the pope is like not eyes this is great have you seen this shit (laughs) i i would say that's probably the only reason why it was okay in our household was like you know because it approved pope approved (laughs) (laughs) my polish grandma's always had jp2 up on their wall like just gonna high five them before going out to church (laughs) kid tested pope approved Mm -hmm. um that's actually all the stuff i have i didn't i didn't get as much into the uh sort of controversy because it didn't interest me Amen. When I was in this production at a Catholic church, I was like really surprised that uh, that the Catholic this Catholic church was putting it on. Like it felt um it felt like it was so critical in a way that I had not experienced Christians as permitting. <laughs> um 
And like, and I also think it's really interesting that as I have sort of grown up with it and, and, you know, once you start loving something, you start to like notice other people around you who love that thing. Um, and starting to notice that, like noticing the ways that actually people who have like really deep Christian faith and, uh, like, well, love to explore that kind of theology, really love grappling with this movie because it's, it's this, um, exploration of this mythical story with no myth in it it's it's like just the human perspective yeah and i think judas i mean like he i if you as a catholic growing up having those doubt thoughts about the doubt of like well why would they do that well why would they say like believe jesus you know like yeah save the money like don't use that you know oil on his feet give it to the poor like yeah it all makes sense yeah like it's nice to see it and hear it voice yeah Yeah. i i really like the it really kind of like because like growing up like i grew up as a southern baptist and judas was always like looked at as sort of like this this villain uh character uh like the ultimate yeah like he was yeah like he's i mean he betrays jesus but like I really love this portrayal of him in this. It really humanizes him, and like I, I, I like that it, it, it grapples with the concept of like free will, and like the aspect of like you know like he doesn't necessarily want to do it, but he does it because he has to do it. And I just I don't know. I just the yeah. them grappling with that. I just I love that. Like it's it's great, and it makes him seem way more sympathetic than. Like growing up, just seeing him as just like some guy who betrays Jesus and like is a villain for it. So yeah, it's really easy to um, it's really easy and simplistic to think of things in such like stark black and white terms. Yeah. And this is uh, a story that is sort of like, hey, that's not helpful or realistic or like everything is sort of more in between, more gray. It's pretty much a completely human story. Like there is no. That's what I asked Steph a lot when we were watching. I was like, there's no miracles in this movie. All the people that touch them don't get healed. The only miracles we see are like through the magic of film editing when like people appear all of a sudden in the <laughs> desert. I, <laughs> I will say for for this movie specifically, there were some there were some moments where I, I like laughed out loud just because of like and I don't know if it was just because of like certain edit, editing things or like how they like did things back then but i don't know it just it, this movie did genuinely get get some some laughs out of me yeah there's some 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 cornball moments that are like fun for me and worth it like it's, the moment when she's singing i don't know how to love him where all of a sudden like it seems like she's done and she's sort of walking off into the distance and then she all of a sudden just whips her head down and starts singing <laughs> again <laughs> Yeah, and and King Herod's whole piece too. It's so queer, like yes. it's it's like it's foppish. It did is. We, did you guys know that it was a drag queen on Broadway originally? No, no. but that makes no. sense. That makes so much sense. Yeah, and like not so. It's not like that on the um on the concept album, and then on Broadway, it's it's a drag queen, and then in the movie, Jewison like brings, scales it back a little bit and gets Josh Mostel. Um, but yeah. Well, it's and to to my knowledge, the only thing 
even like superhuman, for lack of a better word, that Jesus does is he seems to know that Peter's going to betray him and he seems to know that, or sorry, that Peter's going to deny him and then he seems to know that Judas is going to betray him. But even that seems like common sense at that point (laughs) because every time people are dancing and worshiping Jesus, there's just a shot of Judas off to the side with his arms crossed, just like... Yeah, (laughs) sulking. Yeah. (laughs) The shit. Oh, Peter in the the movie is a porn star. (gasps) Oh, his additional is it, credits. Is uh Peter North? <laughs> Just kidding. That's not yeah, true. It's like wait, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> his name is Paul Thomas. Um, I, well, when I got really into this in high school, I was like, tell me more. What does the internet have to say? And it was like, <laughs> you know, Billy Madison principal and porn star <laughs> in <Yeah>. film. <laughs> uh, in high school, um. I it was freshman year and our rival high school did Jesus Christ Superstar. And I remember being so jealous because we weren't even doing a musical. We were doing like metamorphosis or some crap. Mm. <laughs> I was just like, ah, shit. And then like looking back, there was like a picture of the rival school and they were like holding up Jesus. And I was like, no, I'm I'm kind of glad we did. <laughs> I um our high school theater director would always talk about how he wanted to direct this, but like couldn't because he was a public school teacher. Um, and and I don't that can be a whole other discussion. Um, but he would talk about like what the what he wanted to do with it. Um, and his vision was to make it all virtual because the year was two thousand three. Um, and like have it be like he has this like virtual reality headset and is is like being uh crucified, but it's all in Oof. his mind instead of I don't. It was a very metaverse. Yes, yes, he invented the metaverse. I mean, you are Basically, describing Ready yeah. Player One. <laughs> All right. Well, um, also credit where credits due. Paul Thomas is a uh, um, is in the the pornographic actor is in the AVN Hall of Fame and the XRCO Hall of Fame, um, the X rated critics organization, of course. Um, oh, so he's like a really good star. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And so if you it don't know him, him. Paul Thomas, you may know him by his other names: Phil Tubes, Phil Tobias, Phil Tobus, Phil Thomas, uh, Paul Tanner, Paul Tobias, Judy Blue. That's a weird one. Cleo Edwards, Cleo Edward, and Bo Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> he has six hundred fifty credits as an actor and three hundred seventy four as a director. I mean, LOL, Peter. He really nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Phil Phil Tubes is a pretty great porn star name. Phil Tubes is. That's pretty good. Okay, we must get into the plot of this movie. The greatest story ever told. That's right. (laughs) What I want to say, first of all, is like, if you think that you know the plot of Holy Week, great. That's it. You know the plot of this movie. Like, it doesn't. Um, it's not necessary. There, there are ways that it presents these things that are sort of interesting or subversive or, or, um, with like a very specific perspective but like the plot is the plot of holy week um Uh, can i just ask one quick question andy were you raised catholic Mm -hmm. and did you ever do the stations of the cross stations of the cross the 12th one the the 13th one of course he he rose from the dead yeah right yeah just walking through it is walking through the movie yeah. I, wait, okay, I was gonna, this doesn't necessarily have to be on, but, like, I've never understood, so I was raised Lutheran, and we did not do the Stations of the Cross. Oh, wow, is the audience that, is like, booing. <laughs> <laughs> is that, like, it starts, like, the first 
What what's the first station? Ooh, I want to say he's Sinets by Pilot is the first station. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. then he has to like carry his cross. Um, I don't know how many of these I could get. He falls. He falls like like him falling is like three of them. Him falling <laughs> is a bunch of them. <laughs> like he falls, he falls again, and then I think the third time like Simon and then Peter somebody helps else him. Re- yeah helps him. Let me. Um, so I think maybe one of them is when Mary cleans his face his face yeah and and it leaves the uh you know she i think she had silly putty on there or something because it leaves an impression (laughs) jesus Uh is condemned to death uh yeah uh he falls he meets his mother he falls Mm -hmm. veronica wipes his face i don't remember who that is oh and then betty (laughs) fights over it it I remember these now in the comics. Jughead, yeah, no, it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, Jughead helps him carry it. Jughead with a thorn, a crown of thorns on his head. Uh, yeah, and, and then you know it goes on like that, <laughs> etc. He Sorry. falls, he's crucified, he's buried, he suffered, uh, died, and was risen. <laughs> well, thank you for that um, catechism. Are you thinking me or him? Uh, number one, I'm, I'm pointing to the number, sky, number, The guy upstairs. Our neighbor. <laughs> our, uh, our neighbor who keeps vacuuming. Our neighbor who's mad about our incense. <laughs> Thanks, the guy upstairs. Um, okay, so this movie starts. They have gotten all this money from the Israeli government, and so we're just going to start with some, like, glory shots of the desert. And really, they are beautiful. There's, like, there's wind around. It's it is interesting. They shoot all of these, um, all of like the, not all, a lot of the built environments are ruins. And so like, it's, you're just sort of constantly in like, this is happening now, but also in this place that was happening then. Um, so that's just a nice visual anchor to get us started. And then we see a bus, like a silver school bus full of actors roll into the desert and they start unpacking their school bus and putting on costumes and like getting ready to put on their little play for each other. Um, and this is happening as the overture plays. Um, and then they, they sort of slowly like fall into formation. So like we see people getting like their different costumes and some of them are um, like really old world simple smocks and, and some of them are like extremely disco um, and then they, they kind of like some of them are tank tops and jeans <laughs> I do like when we t- when we get to the trial I want to talk about the soldiers costumes and how like and like the idea of purple everywhere um, yeah it's it's there the costume language in this movie is great I think I guess can we talk about this premise of all these actors. Yeah. So it's like it's like this little envelope story. So like by the end of the overture, they've like grouped up into their in-story group. So there's like a cluster of the priests, there's a cluster of the mob, and then in the middle, there's this group of apostles who are like literally encircling Jesus. And then when those big Jesus Christ superstar chords hit, we get this like close up on Ted Neely. He's got his Jesus robe on and he just looks like every painting of white Jesus you've ever seen. (laughs) Man, I almost cracked up because no one has ever looked more like Kid Rock than (laughs) the first shot of Ted Neely. Kid Rock doesn't look as much like Kid Rock as Ted Neely does in this movie. Amanda, you're shaking your head. Uh, I I was just <laughs> thinking about all the hats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my, the the hats, the especially for the priests, are yeah. in, absolutely incredible. Just yeah. they look like wind vanes. Yeah, bold design choice for them. They look like um, the top of the castle in Red Square in Moscow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or or like you know, an actual bishop in a chess game. Like. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, and so like this overture is it's like this little envelope of the movie telling us hey we're gonna we're all people we're just people and we're rolling into the desert to tell the story to you except ted nearly doesn't get back on the bus (laughs) right (laughs) we really killed him (laughs) does he get off the bus do we see him get off the bus or do we like sort of my theory is like they find a, a shepherd because, okay. I mean, so let's skip all the way to the they end. They find a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, yeah, they all get back on the bus, but you don't see Ted Neely get back on the bus. And then the, and they, again, like, we're... wistfully look out. like Yeah. yeah. And then what's is out there? there is a cross. And you can mm-hmm. sort of see at the bottom of your screen a guy walking along with a bunch of sheep behind him. Which apparently, I don't know if this is true, apparently was not planned. That yeah. can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> I so yeah I that can't be true it's such a yeah, well, they, like, they planned that even if it was I saw some Norman Jewison said something like that wasn't he wasn't trying to allude to the idea of a resurrection with that shot and like come on you ever been to church <laughs> yeah that's what it looks like <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah so yeah so because he doesn't get back on the bus or off the bus it's sort of to me to me, the, the, the sort of, like, uh, reality of this movie is they go somewhere in the desert, they find a guy who lives in the desert, they make him be the star of the show, they nail him to a cross, and then they leave him there. <laughs> it's kind of a sick game, honestly, now that yeah, I describe I thought, it yeah. out loud. Like, yeah. like, you know, in the movie Jawbreakers, where things just go a little too far, <laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> Oops. Really got him. They're like, let's go out to Joshua Tree and take some acid and put on a play. And if someone yeah. ends up dead, someone ends up dead. <laughs> What happens in the desert? Yeah. He'll rise again in three days, probably, they say to themselves <laughs> as they drive away. That, that's what they're thinking when they look off in the distance. Yeah. So um, after after the overture sort of resolves, we see, through the overture, we've seen um, one person from this group, like, look on at the rest of them in scorn um, and sort of wander off. And then at the end, we, we transition to seeing him. He's sitting on top of a mountain. Um, and he, spoiler alert, his, this is Judas, um, they don't name him that for a little bit, but we're going to now. Um, and he is, uh, just like kind of looking, overlooking this whole scene play out and, and narrating to us what really is like the thesis of the show. Um, that is, I'm, I'm just going to, there are lyrics here. I'm going to quote, you really do believe this talk of God is true. And all the good you've done will soon get swept away. You've begun to matter more than the things you say. And that's like, that's what we're, that's what Judas does, right? He's saying like, hey, you're really, you're becoming the cult leader. (laughs) You're becoming like, it's becoming about you and not about the things that you're doing. Yeah, this, this opening number absolutely kicks ass. It's like, it lays out all of his like understandable points of view uh and it like absolutely slaps he's singing his ass off carl anderson is yeah uh and uh and it just like sounds like i mean it sounds like a chicago jam from the band chicago from 1970 which is like hot at the time and uh i just yeah i I loved it i I was very taken with this this uh this number right away 
It is yeah. snappy. It's it's so good. Um, and I I do I think like to me Carl Anderson is like my favorite part of of the movie. Uh, yeah. Judas is typically my favorite character in in the show in general, and I think he really um just knocks it out of the park. I can't remember. Is this when? They, I, I had to laugh a little bit where they do like a zoom in shot and they like keep, <laughs> they keep like zooming in on him yeah. several times. Like yeah. that, I, I, I it, that to me was very good, but also made me crack up. Oh, like yeah. I just, I couldn't help it because it, to me, it was very funny. But the, the performance himself, I think he really just sells like sort of Judas's like urgency. His uh, desperation. Yeah. 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 Cause he, he really wants to like be like, come on Jesus like you know you're like you're just a man but you're starting to become this sort of like this god figure that like we need to try to steer clear from this like because weren't we trying to focusing on sort of like freeing the uh Israel people from sort of like the bondage that they find themselves in we're and, occupied have uh, you forgotten how yeah. put down we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh and the song the song is called heaven on their minds which is um it's that's sort of like the the critique of Christianity too, right? Like you're doing all of this, your all of your actions on earth are in service of what's going to happen to you in heaven, and then but you're forgetting that like you're on earth now. You are yeah. doing these things here and now, and they have an impact here and now. There's a song I recommend by Johnny Cash that has a very uh, similar theme. It's called No Earthly Good. So heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. That's yeah. Amen. Um, the only other thing I want to mention here is that we get this great, this great uh, choice from Carl Anderson when he says how put down we are, where he gives a big thumbs down. Down <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I like just... the little like rap part that he does. Uh-huh. Nazareth, you're famous. Son should have stayed a greater. Known mm-hmm. like his father, carving good. He doth make good. <laughs> like yeah, he really beautiful. like goes at it, and it's just so good. Man, I uh, love to run to this song because it really. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bet. Also, Brandon, the shot that you're talking about that opens it that the Mr. Show sketch I was talking about opens with. I mean, it's so it's David Cross on the top of a mountain, and then they do the zoom in like eight nine ten times like <laughs> twice whatever this movie does so it made me laugh too because again it's this thing where I, like all of a sudden i was getting a reference that i've known for 20 years you know what i mean <laughs> that's my experience of like watching something that was lampooned on the simpsons yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right i get that with family guy a lot because family guy is all references and then 20 years later you'll see something you'll be like oh that's what that thing <laughs> right, about. <laughs> oh shapoopy <laughs> that's me two weeks ago <laughs> um so after uh judas gives his little his little thesis song um we pan down off the mountain and we pass some soldiers who are <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't, I, they're just, so they're wearing these like purple tank tops tucked into acid wash jeans and they Bitch have the helmets that look like they just like took a metal colander and strapped it to the top of their head. <laughs> um, and that is the scary soldier look that, that is supposed to strike fear into our hearts. I now, is that, yeah. is that Israel's army's full uh, uniform? <laughs> I mean, it is the desert. Like a tank top is practical, I guess. <laughs> Also, I mean, the budget for this movie is $3.5 million. And like, to quote Chris Rock, someone's walking around with $3.4 million in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, so we pass these soldiers and then we go into a cave. There's like a hole in the ground. Um, and down there, all of the apostles are what's the buzzing about their plans to ride into Jerusalem. So this establishes both that this is like an underground movement. Um, and then also like it very quickly, quickly establishes this like fandom cult leader dynamic. Um, and there are some excellent lighting choices here. Jesus is, so there's the, the like hole in the ceiling of this cave that they're in. Um, and he is often just sort of placed underneath it. Literally on stage, we call it a god light when you have like this bright white overhead light. Um, and so he's like often in this bright white light. And then Judas sort of like flits in and out of the bright white light. And everyone else is in the cave darkness. Um, wow. And the song is just like all the apostles being like, fuck yeah, we're here. What like, what are we going to do? We want to fight. We want to, we got all this, all this Cult energy. How do we share it? I, I occasionally will have some stuff about theological history that I know from my Catholic school education. And one of the things I know is that uh, Jews at this time were expecting a military leader as a messiah. And mm-hmm. that's sort of what they thought, how they thought the, the messianic prophecy would be fulfilled was with the military leader. And I think that sort of that angle is at play here because they're like, when are we going to ride in Jerusalem? When are we going to, you know, ride on those fools and tell them that to get out that, that we're, we're the new, we're the new hats. And, uh, and Jesus seems to be really pissed off with this because his first line is turning to them and yelling, why should you want to know? What is it? I'm sorry. Now I'm butchering it. Why, why, why should you care? You want to know? Don't you mind about the future? <laughs> yeah. Why are you so obsessed with fighting? He says to them at one point. Think about uh, today instead. Um, yeah. Right. This is like the first instance of like Ted Neely singing as Jesus Christ. And I, I just want to speak a little bit about Ted Neely as Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I'm curious as to how you guys feel about him in this role. I, I liked him overall, but I feel like he to me sort of undersold the performance as Jesus Christ just because the way that I, and and maybe it's just, it's my own fault for experiencing like different Jesuses who are like a little more dramatic, but I feel like he and yeah, there's is a one little... true Jesus Christ and his name is Ted Neely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To me, he sort of undersold it a little bit with one exception, uh, which we'll, we'll get to much later, which I feel like he really Ooh. nailed one specific song. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I come away from like this, not being my favorite performance of, of Jesus. I I still think overall he did a a good, a good job. Like he was fine. Like, I don't think he was bad at all, but I feel like to me, like compared to the other ways that I've seen this, this role performed, I feel like, like this one was like a little, a little weak at times. Like, like maybe I'm in the wrong, maybe I'm in the minority here, but like, how do you guys feel about like ted neely as jesus it's a thumbs down for me this this performance and i know that's like <laughs> it's borderline sacrilegious because he's he's literally been playing this role for 50 years he like still plays this role on stage sometimes amanda saw him play this role live steph saw him play this role live uh and like but it's it is so like first of all like especially when carl anderson sings at him and then he sings back i'm like oh you guys should not 
be in the same class. Like you, <laughs> you guys, the, there, there needs to be someone more powerful to match this voice that's coming over here. Um, and, Cause he kind of has, along with looking like Kid Rocky, kind of has a similar vocal range as well. Uh, yeah. I just kind of felt that like when I went through and added the songs I most liked to my Spotify, there were no Jesus songs. Uh, and maybe <laughs> that would change oh, with man. a different Interesting. Jesus, but... I like him in the temple where he's pissed. Like I yeah. think he does oh, that yeah. very well. Um, but yeah. I mean, like, Ted Neely as Jesus is my representation of Jesus. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, you know, important. Yeah. So, I mean, I have seen other uh, people play this role and I agree that they're probably stronger, but this is also the one that just feels like home because it's the one that I grew up with. Yeah. In some way. My, um, my thought about it is I agree. I think that he sort of like grows. There's a moment later on that we'll talk about it where I feel like I literally wrote down in my notes as like, and now we see why they cast Ted Neely. <laughs> um, but until that point, he sort of just seems like an alien. Watching it this time, I was thinking a lot about the enigmatic cult leader viewpoint. And whereas I think a lot of people would play the role with a lot of like charisma, Um, And like that kind of like someone who is just a natural leader that people are drawn to. Um, This Ted Neely's Jesus is not like it's not that he's not charismatic, but it's just sort of like he's impenetrable. Like he's sort of just there and he looks weird um, and looks just like like he's constantly distant or like he sort of looks like he's constantly in a conversation with someone in his head, which, you know, if is God or is just himself, whatever. I, I, I guess all this to say that, like, I agree with you, but I also like that we start here because then we can build to what comes later. For sure. For sure. Um, I do want to shout out just because we're, we're talking a lot about like how this is a story about Jesus as a man, which is always fascinating to me because this is, this is a guy that by all like even historical contexts existed, you know? And so what was his life like? And, um, so I just want to shout out my favorite book that really like got me to think about Jesus as a man. And it's Is called... it the Bible? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called John. Um... <laughs> No, it's called Lamb. It's by Christopher Moore. And it's about, it's well, it's called Lamb, the Gospel According to Biff, Christ's Childhood Pal. Yes. And uh, and it's kind of about Jesus's, like, sort of obnoxious, mouthy, sort of, like, filthy-mouthed buddy. And, like, tells the story from his point of view. And it's, it's very funny and very fascinating. I recommend it. Love that. So... After What's the Buzz, we have um, a, new, a song that is, like, only in the movie, um, which fucking threw me when we were watching it. It's uh, yeah, called, I was not, I was not I was expecting not, this. So it's called Then We Are Decided, and um, it's we see the, the two, like, main priests, Caiaphas and Annas, um, and they are in, like, a firelit temple ruins, and they are just sort of more blatantly laying out like what their problems are with Jesus and how (laughs) he threatens their rule and their priesthood and like debating between whether he is a harmless toy or if he represents something that might empower the plebeians. I didn't need it. I don't need to have, it's just, it's a weird interjection and it goes. And there's no energy to it. Like the the music doesn't have energy. The, the filming, the, the, shot doesn't have energy the the and also 
These guys, this is Annas and Caiaphas, the high priest, their voices, one of them's doing this very high-pitched cartoon voice. I don't even know if that's come through on the Zoom is how pitched it is. Uh, and the other one sort of doing this. The, like like when a child tries to sound like their dad on the phone, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and, and it's so, like, I get that you want this sort of balance, you know, between the two and that one's the bass and one's... Uh, I saw he's called a countertenor, which I don't know what that means. Any ideas, Steph? It's it's, um, like like higher than a tenor. Oh, okay. Um, Well, then I must be a countertenor because I'm about higher than most people. Uh, But look, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, this this song. Oh, and so part of what I read about this song is that they feel like it was maybe put in to make this Jesus Must Die less anti-Semitic. You just didn't need this song. <laughs> yeah, it's, you don't need it. It doesn't really matter. Don't no, need it. it doesn't. No. I, I almost. Yeah, I like. It does feel like it was like, um, like a critic's recommendation. Like walking <clears throat> yes. through, there was like, like someone's was, English like, teacher. Yeah, it's like watching it for the first time. They're like, you know, it's not quite clear why Jesus is dying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, who is watching this, being like, now why are these guys mad at him again? <laughs> well, and then the other thing too is that. Uh, what happens next is that we go back to the cave and we have everything's all right and strange thing mystifying, which as in the show, like flow right from what's the butt. So like it right. also just like interrupts this section oh, yeah. that is like a great little suite of songs. All right. Yeah, well, let's very, just pretend it didn't happen. Very yeah. weird choice. And I'm I'm really glad that like there. So like there's one song later in the show that that is is now considered a mainstay of like the the stage show too but I'm 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 just glad that this one didn't make it in. I feel like this is a terrible introduction to uh Caiaphas and the Pharisees. I feel yeah. I much prefer uh this Jesus must die as like sort of like an introduction to these characters and like yeah, I agree hard, like this was not agree. needed. Well, I I would actually like to jump back for a second to um Mary Magdalene's first appearance Ooh, which sure. is in What's the Buzz? And she comes up and and starts going, let me cool down your face, let me cool down your face. And she's wiping them with the cloth. And uh, and then Jesus says, yeah, see, she's the only one who gives me comfort while you guys prattle on with your supper. And they're like, oh, you mean trying to lead a revolution while the only thing you care about is getting wiped down by the pretty girl who lives with us? This is some cult leader shit, frankly. Like, yeah, again, Judas has a point. Yeah, Judas had some points. Judas made For some sure. I've, points. I've, I've seen your, I see your t-shirt you're wearing. Judas, had <laughs> Judas was right. Judas was right. Ask my, my other child is Judas. I think you're probably <laughs> I voted for Judas. <laughs> Four more years for Judas. <laughs> My child was an honor roll student at getting Jesus crucified. <laughs> I'm the reason Jesus was crucified. <laughs> Ask me about Jesus's crucifixion. <laughs> Change my mind. Uh, okay, so we're back in the caves. Everything's all right is um, sort of like what grows out of that moment that Andy was just talking about. Mary sings a song that's basically like this debate between you deserve self-care from Mary. And then Judas comes in with strange thing mystifying, which is, we alluded to it earlier, like, why are you wasting resources that we could use to help the poor? Um, and like... 
I love the way that the musical themes play with each other here as they mm-hmm. trade back and forth and like as the song sort of builds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also great choreography here. They have they do more of that sort of like encircling stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of like arms extended and raising up. Most Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a lot of that here, but it sort of just shows how like all of these people are blindly obsessed. Um, and then there's a great shot because Norman Jewison is obsessed with like what cameras can do. You know how like in 2004 everything was CGI just because they could. Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of there are a lot of things in this movie where I feel like someone was like, "Hey, did you know that you could do this if you edit?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, that looks great. Let's try it nine times." There's a lot of points where like Steph and I couldn't tell if um like the streaming movie was skipping or if Norman Jewison yes. was just doing that weird freeze frame thing that he does a lot in this movie. He loves but then that. it started happening like yeah. rhythmically, and you're like, "Oh okay, yeah, oh yeah, that's it." A lot of freeze frames, which got me, got me hooting and hollering. I was, I was laughing. Uh, I will say that I sing "Everything Is All Right" to Roxanne before bed. Mm-hmm. I, so, Amanda, that I, t- I said to Steph when we watched it the first time that I was shocked that this is not a thing my mom used to sing to me. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds very yeah. much like something that you would sing to your child before bed. So, it's, yeah. I love hearing that. Uh, but yeah, I think if my mom had been like. 10 years younger, this would have been a thing that I would have gotten sung as a lullaby. It's a great lullaby. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And it's like short enough and you can't put it on your phone though, because it goes right into Judas yelling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why has it been wasted? And it's like, shh, shh, shh. We <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> That's the moment where he's yelling, he's singing his ass off, and then Ted Neely wheels on him. He's just like, who are you? And it's just like, no, okay, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> your, your um, voice does not hold up against you just yet. No, no. In these caves and stuff, they had to like clean all the, like the bird poop and like bat poop out. So before they could, they had to, it took them a couple days to like go in there because they had to clean all that up. And I just thought that that was was very funny. But, and that yeah, is where the novel coronavirus came from. Is that- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, tale as old as time. <laughs> so- DC stands for before Corona. Right. Ooh. That feels so true. Um, okay, so we leave the caves, and now we get the actual introduction to our buddies Caiaphas and Annas. Um, the full contingent of priests are doing some, like, rent dancing on scaffolding. This is the one, the one, like, set piece that <laughs> is very built. Um, they, like, have erected the scaffolding for some reason. Yeah, It's, yeah, like, yeah, built yeah. like a Lego set. Yeah, I mean, yes. like... <laughs> yeah. Connects. There's like three pieces of scaffolding. Yeah, it just more yeah. connects than Legos, honestly. Um, and all so like their costumes are black and over the top, so you know that they're evil. Um, and yeah, so this is this is like the real version of that song that they tried to give us, um, where they realize that they need Jesus to die, or else everything they've built will crumble. Um, and the priests watch as Jesus and the apostles ride into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Um, and then in the background of this, musically, we also get our first little hint of the Jesus Christ Superstar motif, which is coming from the mob that is welcoming them in. And then that transitions into a Hosanna. Um, and the only thing I have written down about Hosanna is that when we were watching this, Andy turns to me dead serious and says, he's supposed to be on a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's supposed, supposed to, to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. 
They've got uh, great palm fronds. The you mentioned it's no Palm Sunday. Did I miss a line where someone turns to someone else and says, Happy Palm Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just that's just me bringing oh, in okay. my... Uh, that was always my favorite Sunday because me too. I, I like you got a palm. You got yeah. to like, <laughs> I got to hit people. Yeah, I got to get some water and throw it at people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the that's the best. Um, yeah, and love Andy, an interactive you, church. Yes, exactly. Andy, you followed up with the Vatican, right? About uh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's in there. <laughs> um, also, I was surprised to find out that um, this is pre the Ramones because this does sort of feel mm. like they're trying to hey gabba gabba hey Hosanna. Because yeah, they're uh-huh. like, Hosanna, hey, yeah. Hosanna, Hosanna, hey, hey, ho, or whatever. Yeah, it does. It's got that. Yeah. <laughs> I will say my younger brother also would be like, like, I don't know, if we were talking about something, sometimes he would turn around and be like, no, wait, we need a more permanent solution <laughs> to our problem. And it'd like, be like, we need to order a pizza or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that is a grim synopsis. I... <laughs> I do like... um caiaphas in this movie um i i think he does a good job of of that that role uh and and i like i like this overall this the, the rendition of this jesus must die and i do think that annis is very uh very cartoony in, in this particular role like but i think i think it fits for like those characters in general because in every instance uh i've always seen those characters both sound like that so like they 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 to me like they just sound like oh yeah that. like that's just how they sound <laughs> very very cartoony very kind of over the top kind of villainy and i think they 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 sell that pretty well and then uh the thing that i remember about uh hosanna is right when they say christ will you will you die for me is when ted neely like starts like he looks very somber and then they do like a freeze frame on his face and it's just an instance where it's like i understand like you know they're trying to like show like the seriousness of like the gravity of that situation of like Mm -hmm. he's like oh like you know these people want me to die for them but i couldn't help but laugh just because of that freeze frame like it It just it it sort of took me out of that moment Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, but I, I do think that overall that, that, that song in, in the soundtrack was, uh, their rendition of it was, was pretty solid. I I like the choreography of it. I think Ted Neely does, does okay in this, in this song. But again, I I feel like his moment still hasn't come yet. That comes much later, but. And for uh, the listener, this is what Anna sounds like in the movie, just for what you're talking about. What should we do about our boy Keeper's Creepers? He's not all that good, but he's not all that bad. (laughs) (laughs) He's the second one. Um, I thought you were gonna play like Alan Tudyk as a weasel. <laughs> what do we do about the Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth? What? Um, I would like to take this opportunity to put a plug in to the 2018 uh, televised version because Norm Lewis, who is a Broadway great, is playing Caiaphas there, and he is. He has the most, like, rich, deep bass voice of um, any performer that I know, apart from, like, a kid I went to college with. But, like, <laughs> like any, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It's, it's I just... think it, it, he's my favorite, like, yeah. rendition, like, my, of that role. I think he just really knocks it out of the park. Like We were listening to um, this various soundtracks this morning, and, and I put on that one, and it was, I, I had just, like, forgotten how he, how much he makes that something where you're like, oh, this is actually, like, musically interesting when the way that you're singing it. 
Um, okay, so after they come into Jerusalem, um, you guys, I don't, okay, Simon, Z- Zel- I know, so he's Simon the Zealot, but like. I don't know Zel- how it's pronounced Zelotus? here. Zealotus? Yeah, I've never seen this word. Uh, I think, I think it's just Zealots. I think it's just Zealots. Simon Zealots? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Simon Zealots and poor Jerusalem are, uh, uh, we get another of these like sort of smash together songs where Simon Zealots is this big stage dance number, basically. And this is where we get, like, the dancers appearing out of nowhere in the sand. Um, And it's just, like, this big, like, pump-up song. Jesus, like, you're doing great, actually. Um, And uh, then in response to that, Jesus is like, nah, it's much more goth than that. (laughs) Well, and he's also, part of what Simon's doing here is he's telling him, hey, make it political. Like, maybe talk about how we're mad at Rome, etc. Yeah, in addition to the doing this a hint hint (laughs) of anger at Rome. Um, (laughs) While he's doing this dance that Apparently in the movie, you can see him, like, trembling at the end of it because he's dancing in this desert, like, for real. And he's dancing his ass off. I mean, they are really going. He's dancing his ass off. Yeah. This is uh, Larry Marshall is his name. Um, And it's this is, like, his one little moment. We get, like, this song and then Peter. Like, he doesn't even show up later when they're doing other apostle shit. Um, but he really just makes the most of it. Yeah, I think he does a really good job as 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 Simon in this in this part. Uh, this is another instance where they do like sort of like all those crazy camera tricks. There's a lot of really cool slow motion parts uh, yeah. that I thought were really cool. Um, the chore- uh, choreography of this song is really great. I really enjoy this. I enjoy the song in general. I think there's a really like nice like soulful like kind of gospel. It definitely really reminds me of a song in like a in like a Baptist church. Like this is very much like a like a soulful like gospel like kind of song and and, and it, it's 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 really good. And then Jesus comes in like he said and kind of like really brings the mood down cuz he's like, you know, you do, you guys don't understand power what power is. You don't understand any of this. Like you don't know what I'm going to have to do. Uh and then like really bumps bumps them out but yeah i thought this whole sequence was really great yeah speaking of soulful uh church songs um they used to do hosanna for palm sunday at our church and bring in a drum kit and every palm sunday my grandmother would turn off her hearing aid (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so not in my church (laughs) it's a little too much it's not how we praise God. Oh, <laughs> uh, so um, after this uh, <clears throat> moment, we cut away to a different part of the desert, and we see Pontius Pilate, who is played by John Lennon, as played by Barry Denon. Uh, <laughs> he sings about his prophetic dream. Um, I didn't know this, but in the Bible, it's actually his wife's dream. Hmm. But this this story has it be just his dream. Um, and it's basically like him foreseeing that eternity is going to blame him for his own actions. And he is upset about it. Um, and I love that this is where we get the introduction to the musical motif that will later be Gethsemane and will later be for... I love connecting them with that. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful Lord over. <laughs> um, and then we come back and we're in the temple, 
which is a big market bazaar. Uh, you know they're up to no good because there are belly dancers and mirrors, vanity. You know they're up to no good because a girl is bending over and talking to you under her butt. <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, 2000s version in the temple, they like make some reference to like nuclear power or like a nuclear bomb or something. <laughs> wow. Wow. Absolutely bananas. <laughs> Uh, wow. And so Jesus comes in and he freaks out because his temple should be a house of prayer and not heathenism. You've um, made it a den of thieves. Yeah. And then he wanders away, like, disillusioned. He stumbles into Leper Alley. Um, well, Ted, uh, one, one quick thing. <laughs> Ted Neely's, uh, like, it, one note that he hits when he says, get out. I think yes. that's probably his best performance yes. of the movie. Like, just that little bit. He, like, he really brings it. That's he really he like let's loose. Yeah, it's sort yeah, of yeah. like you see that like oh you've been restrained this whole yes. time mm-hmm. and now you are wailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just yeah. I just want to say that Leper Alley is the worst part of Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of so in, in this like chunk he's he's overcome with people who need Christ to heal them. Um, and I I love the costumes here. Mm-hmm. The all of these people are in black tatters, um, which like ties them to the priests and to like the choices of the status quo. That like these are the people who are the victims of the status quo. The song has my least favorite line in the play in it, uh, and it's uh, uh, "Look at my skin; it's a mass of blood." <laughs> I don't like look at my purse. I'm a poor poor man. <laughs> look at the Chanel bag I have. <laughs> I'm a poor man. They make some pretty big changes to the overall musical and like some of them like most of them don't stick, but like this is where the instance they they changed quite a bit of like the first verse uh, oh, of the yeah. temple. Yeah. Um and that really threw me for a loop. I was not expecting that. Like, I had never heard, like, this version the of it. Rolling up Jerusalem. Yeah, and it kind of, like, took me out of it for a little bit because, like, I was like, but the other versions, like, fu-. like this is, like, one where I'm, like, I'm just baffled at the choice that they made because they could have just kept it how it was. Like, it, it's fine. Like, the the song explains like everything that's going on like already like this is like you didn't have to change this i i really do love the the, the sequence in, in leper valley where um leper valley all... sounds like a good song yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does um i like when they're like all kind of swarming him and then he's like oh no there's too many and then he's like he's says something i can't remember what he says he said like get out or like leave me alone or something like that uh just that that moment was really good to me too uh i don't know i think he yells he yells leave me alone which i think is another change from the play Mm -hmm. where he yells something else in the play does it either any of you know what it is he i don't remember anyway i'll look it up while we while we continue I, i guess yeah so after that sort of like culminating moment um jesus wanders back to camp and Mary once again calms him and puts him to sleep. Like he's a little baby. Um, mm-hmm. and then and then sings I don't know how to love him, which is like on one level it's sort of like about how Jesus isn't like the other girls. Um <laughs> but it also is just a really sweet song about how bewildering it feels to be overwhelmed with something that like is fundamentally changing how you see the world. Um and 
Yvonne, oh, what's her last name? Uh, Elliman. Elliman. Yvonne Elliman, mm-hmm. uh, her voice is, she has that like really rich, deep alto sound. Um, and I, the way she, this is a crooner. Like she positively croons this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does a fan, a fantastic job with this song. I think, uh, I think so when I listen to the concept album, uh, like she does a good job on that too. But I think at this point, like she's had time to really kind of get into the role. And I think like here she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. The song rules. I, I, I was surprised how much I love the song. This is, this is usually the type of song that I get into on like my 10th or 12th listen to a soundtrack, but like this song, I don't know, but for some reason, because it's so catchy in a way that like these kind of slow ballads aren't usually catchy. Like it really, it really stuck with me. It's like what I was singing immediately after we watched the movie, just like walking around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I do want to say, I found out that the thing that they changed was that Jesus yells uh, in the play, he yells to the beggars, heal yourselves. Oh, right. Yeah. And here he yells, leave me alone. Also, I have some more information on this song. This song was not released as a single from the original concept album. And then Helen Reddy recorded it and it started charting. And so they were like, oh, well, let's release ours as a single, too. But it was too late. The Helen Reddy version, like, charted at number 13 on Billboard. She just ran with this thing because they were too dumb to realize that it was the single. I, I do like where um, then it there's, a, like, a, a reprise of it later, too. Yeah. When Judas sings it. It's a oh, great reprise. Yeah. Beautiful. Great oh, yeah. use of a reprise. Beautiful. Yeah. Love, I love a reprise that is reprised by another character. It's one yeah. of my favorite conventions. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Changes it completely. So um, after like that, that happens at night. He's going to sleep, and then it's daytime, and we see Judas, who is sitting thinking in the desert as you do, um, and he watches a bunch of tanks arrive. And like this is all none of this is said, but like what I put, what I have assumed is being communicated to us is that he's putting together in this moment that like shit is about to escalate. Um, and so he runs to the priests. He's very scared. And, and by the to... way, can we talk about his running? <laughs> because... <laughs> because he runs for about 40% of this movie. This is run Judas run this movie. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, he runs with his whole arms and elbows all the way when he's running. <laughs> and I mean, like, there is not a point in this movie where his elbows are not touching behind his back. He is so splangly and jangly throughout this whole movie. It's so funny. Did anyone ever play the computer game Quop? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Where you have to make a guy run by pressing only <laughs> yeah. those four yeah, letters. Yeah, and it's like you have He's those like, four letters that sort of like control different joints and like you have to do them in the right order. That's what Judas looks like. Q-W-O-P if anyone wants to Google it. Quop. Quop. Um... And so Judas uh, runs scared to the priests. He is trying to stop the war, a.k.a. let them win, and he's going to turn in Jesus. Um, This is, they offer him blood money, and it features truly my favorite line of any musical ever, which is uh, Judas is, like, adamantly screaming, like, Carl Anderson full voice screaming back, I don't want your blood money. And then Annis is like, but you might as well take it. We think that you should. Gets like, me. Gets me. Oh, I'm convinced. Time. Like, what, what an <laughs> argument. Oh, you think so. Okay. <laughs> I see your point. It's just so, it's just so like, you didn't have anything there. 
And you're like, oh, uh, but might as well. Let's get to the next line. I, I really like how they handled the, the fee line. Like, cause like Caiaphas looks at Annis and he's like, it's a, and then he goes, fee? A fee! <laughs> and then he goes, fee. <laughs> then he sings the, sings the line. I, I love this song. This is my favorite song of the entire musical. Um, I think Carl Anderson, like, really sells it. Uh, Dan for all time, all time banger. I just like, he, he really goes for it here. And I think he really knocks it out of the park. And, um, one of my favorite performances of this song, like this is easily like a highlight for me. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I love it. Like, and, and he does a fantastic job and, uh, yeah, the, the line about, uh, but you might as well take it. We think that you should is really, it kills me every time. I, every time. <laughs> I love the way he finds little dances to do while he's climbing up and down the scaffolding. Like, because, you know, the chorus is, uh, it's, d- but please don't say I'm. So during that break. Batman! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so he just has to find little, like, moves to do. And it, so there's, it's not dancing per se, but he's just, like, finding, like, space work and choreography to do that's in time with the music. It's great. Um, so at the end of that song, we also get these, like, off-screen chords, um, that say, well done, Judas, and then we see some warplanes fly through the sky so that you don't forget that it's the 70s, um, and on stage, this is the close of Act 1, um, but we don't even get, like, a breath or anything in this movie, they just, like, plow through to the Last Supper, uh, so the Apostles... Uh, collectively are, are like walking through an olive grove they settle into the classic da vinci last supper pose like they even sort of have they have it's not a freeze frame like with the camera it's like they have all the actors like be in this position that in the painting is like supposed to be a live moment but like they like get into these action shots and then sort of like hold there for a minute yeah. so we really understand that this is the last supper shot um and they sing this song about how hard it is to be in a cult, but it will all be worth it one day when they write the Gospels and everyone talks about them after they're dead. That's literally what this song is. Which, of course, I had to then point out to Steph that no actual apostles are thought to have written any of the Gospels. No, hundreds (laughs) and hundreds of years later. (laughs) (laughs) There's also this line that's like, always hoped that I would be an apostle. It's like, like, why? Why? How? (laughs) It's not a good fella. Um, that I would make it if I tried. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you went to apostle school? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing we have here is that Jesus, like, Andy was referring to this earlier, like, names how he's feeling betrayed. And how, for, he says, for all you care, this bread could be my body. Um, which is one of the things that people get upset about and, like, think is blasphemous. Um, because it, like, sort of alludes to the more representational uh, view of communion but then later he's later he also says this is my blood you drink this is my body so i don't that is a weird criticism to me yeah um but it's very like his response here again is very cult leader stuff it's like you don't love me enough yeah my dad would also say this will no one go to the store with me <laughs> Amanda, andy matt <laughs> Um, but no, they won't. No. Peter John James. Go to the store yourself. Uh, so he walks off. He's going to, he, it's, he's wailing his skepticism. This, this has to be your moment, Brandon, that you're talking about, right? Yeah. It's 100%. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah. So yeah, he, 
this is the moment where I think that that Mr. Uh, Ted Neely really, really nails the, the that part we of like Jesus. understand what he's doing yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Even I have no beef I, with Ted Neely here. I, I, it's I, I told Steph that like this is more of a song that like you know that I would get into again on like the tenth or twelfth listen of a soundtrack, like you know, like an Eliza song on Hamilton, but like. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I can see that it's great. I can see that this is this is good stuff here. It's also the first time that we see Jesus alone, really. Um, and we see like that he has this faith, but like has the same skepticism that other people have about him. Like he too is a human. <laughs> and again, uh, when, as point. he prays, yeah. like there, he never receives a response. There's never like a, there's never a divine acknowledgement. This is all very like. Man, you know, secular stuff. He's just he's just an innocent man. <laughs> um, there is. I also want to talk about. So there's an orchestral bridge in this song, and in I don't. I guess I really don't remember like what I've seen people in the state on stage do in that moment. But in this movie, we cut away from Ted Neely to a series of still shots of like various painted depictions of the crucifixion, like throughout history. And they like, it's like bump, 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 bump. And like every big beat changes it. And um, it's quite melodramatic. It's a wild choice. They, I feel like they had this big orchestral like piece and they didn't know what to do with it. So they're like, okay, why don't we put just pictures of, of Jesus getting crucified here to really sell up the dr- dramatic uh, aspect of it. And I was just, I was like, that's, that's fine. I, I get that. Like the, you probably didn't know what to do here. And so you did this, but I, I think the song is good. But like this particular moment, like it was just like one of those things where I was like, yeah, that was a choice that y'all made. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I love the line. Uh, you're far too hot on when and how and not, or you're far too big on when and how and not so hot on why. Oof. Mwah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, Let's get this so guy on a cross. So we got to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so after um, he finishes the song, we have a crossfade to Judas's face, and he does the kiss on the cheek. And Jesus says, that Judas, works. must you betray me with a kiss? Um, with a kiss. I'm going to obviously talk about it when I post this on social media, but like my favorite tweet of all time is uh, the priest. Judas says, uh, the one I kiss will be Jesus. And the priests say, you can just point to him. And then Judas puts on lip balm and says, I don't tell you how to do your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they get, we get this like drunk little, what's the buzz from the apostles as they're waking up. And then Jesus goes with the soldiers and tells them not to fight. Um, and as they are walking to Caiaphas, the mob, the like, general public like immediately turns on him there's not like we don't see anything other than like oh the soldiers have him now okay so we hate him Uh and they um they the blocking that they use to show this is that all the people are miming holding microphones up to him (laughs) as they like ask him like what what why is this like are you really the son of god what's what's the deal here if that's what's happening um, and some like people are sort of justifying it, like they'll sort of use their finger like they're pointing at yeah. them. But then some people are just straight up holding, miming, holding a microphone. <laughs> like there's no poetry <laughs> yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, and then back at the water well, 
we have some randos who accost Peter for being on the wrong side, and then he does indeed deny Jesus uh, three times. Cuts him dead. Before Mary is like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> um, and Peter's like, well, I had to. Um, yeah, I, and it's I, another, I mean, like, I do want to say, they're, they're in a revolution. I mean, Peter's doing the things he has to do to survive in a revolution here. Uh, and so... I, 100%. I just, it's another, it's another, like, instantly it'll happen, right? Like, this is gonna fall apart as soon as there is not the charisma of the enigmatic leader. Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then we go to Pilot. Now we're, now we're in Pilot's palace. I kept waiting for Jesus to start shooting Bud Light cans in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, so there are a lot of people in purple in Pilot's Palace, which is just a, a nice, again, costuming, costuming language. Um, and Pilot is like trying anything to get Jesus to confess, which is like, that's clearly what it is. But also Jesus is like, nah, you're all saying this stuff. Like, this is all what you're saying, not what I'm saying. You I'm say that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's um, what you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to say, like, so, like, this song, like, mimics, like, the the music from Hosanna. And something that, the, the reason I really love this musical is just, like, how they sort of re-tool and reuse the music from songs in different ways and stuff. And just, like, the, the callbacks and stuff is what makes me really love this musical in general. And just, like, they, they sort of do that, like, chorus bit from Hosanna. But it's, it's like, you have everything and where is it now? Or whatever. Like, how mm-hmm, they sing it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just, I, I love that. I just love that so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was in it, that was I was in like that mob, and that was my favorite like line to sing because it's like all of a sudden you get to be so scornful. <laughs> um, so pilot, we've seen that like he is worried about what history is going to think of him, and so he tries to like make it Herod's problem instead, and so he sends Jesus off to Herod, which brings us to the act two bop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, this is King Herod's song, right? <laughs> Wild yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> King Herod is at his little desert oasis disco <laughs> in his little pool. <laughs> um, Walk across my swimming pool. And so this is Josh Mustel, who we did mention is the principal from Billy Madison. Uh, a little bit of musical sort of lineage with Josh Mustel is that he is the son of Zero Mustel, who uh, is in the original movie, The Producers, that the musical is based on, as well as uh, in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. He is the main character. I almost said the titular character. I mean, he is a funny thing, and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, so he's <laughs> kind of the titular character. Um, so yeah, he is, he's Zero Mustel's son, Josh, and I hate him in this movie. <laughs> I, I love I, him in this movie. I love his dancing. Like, I love his look. I yes. I don't know yes. what yeah. his voice is doing. No, and I, so this was one of the like um, main pieces of like infighting that I had with my other Catholic friends. <laughs> like, Hell yeah! Like loving this musical, but them only having seen the film adaptation rather than hearing the original Broadway version or seeing the 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 like stage play is like this is crazy and they all loved it and i was like you guys are wrong <laughs> why <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah this is easily my least favorite version yeah. of this song um for a lot of different reasons i i feel like to the movie itself like the set piece like is is fantastic right? i think like visually mm-hmm. it looks great the dancing but and the, the costumes there are, like everyone's in like dancers and fops and curly neon yeah. wigs it's like cool as shit it's so cool it's so 70s it's so like 
it's it's awesome. It's it's it, it sucks because I do not like this version of the song at all for a lot of different reasons. I feel like from like a mixing standpoint, they bring his voice up and put the music down to where like you really hear his voice, but you don't hear the music as much. And I don't like the rendition of the the music that they did, and just like the way that he sings the song is very like. I feel like he really undersells it. Yeah. Like he doesn't yeah. do a good yeah. job of I it. At all. It. Like there's... it sounds like he's recording it like while his roommate's asleep and he's trying not to wake him up. <laughs> like, like there is no wind in his voice whatsoever. I do like the um, now I understand your God, and everybody goes <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> like that. I will say it's one of my favorites. <laughs> The song, I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, this is my very first time watching it, but like instantly I had the feeling of watching it where I was like, oh, I can see that I'm going to like other versions of this song. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, in- yes. it's interesting to have never seen a version of this before and be like, this is not the version of this that I like. Uh, Brandon apparently got to love the song starring Alice Cooper. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was my first takeaway. And then seeing it, the 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 Broadway like stage version of it is like, to me, that is the way to experience the song because, like, it's so much more over the top. It's so much more dramatic. Like, it's it's fun. He's like, I, yeah, He's, like, yeah. Uh, when, yeah. Oh, I just I one thing I do love um, in the choreography here. There's like it's another um, sort of like big set number, and they do this like chorus line kind of style choreography but instead of having like pointed elegant feet they all have like flexed feet as they're doing like a kick line and it just it's like this tiny thing that makes it look so weird Hmm. and i love that like this tiny little change is so effective at like taking you out of it it's interesting because from a plot perspective it really gives us almost nothing um, because right. it's pilot sends him there, and then Herod is like, mm, "I don't like this. I'm sending them back." That was always <laughs> Jesus's story. Because then there's also like, there's another Jesus in Jesus's story, and is I remember it? everyone's like, "No, no, 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 no! Like it's Jesus Barabbas. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, couldn't we have got like cleared this up? Yeah, <laughs> right." Um, so after he leaves uh, Herod, we get the second song that they like inserted into the movie. Um, but this one has stayed and so the remains 39 lashes? in the stage show. Uh, no, that was always there. Okay. But this is uh, "Could We Start Again, Please." Uh, yeah. So in the before this, it's sort of like all of Mary and all of the apostles like just kind of disappear and become part of the big group. Um, and this is like instead they get like a little oh, farewell moment. Sorry, I do. I, I did almost forget that I do have something to talk about with the Herod song. Um, so oh, yeah. this is a song by Rita Pavone called "Try It and See." Let's listen to this real quick. What if in the middle of that she just was all of a sudden like, come on, King of the, the Jews? Jews. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's Try It and See by Rita Pavone. And that song was written by Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, as a potential entrance into the Eurovision Song Contest for England in 1969. 
You know, that it has rules. a feel like they're going to sell me a dish detergent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But so I don't think anything gets selected as England's Eurovision song that year. And so they rework it as King Herod's song. And that's how we get King Herod's song is, is a failed Eurovision song. And that is a, <laughs> a teaser for uh, our next episode. But we'll get to that later. So, um, okay. So now we get this little uh, inter... Mary and Peter and the apostles, um, they're like, it's just sort of, they're like scattered and abstract in the desert. Um, and the song is just like all of these followers begging their superstar to go back to what they knew him as, um, and like to live up to the version of him that they have like built him up to be in their mind. Um, yeah, they and just want him to fly, visual... fly around the world backwards and that'll turn yeah, back time. Just like make it spin. Superman too long. a good point now. <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah look we get it all right can we cut it out now that's what this whole <laughs> yeah. song is like hey okay we got it knock it off yeah this is, that's enough hey get down off there <laughs> um i do i like like i this isn't this is one of the songs that like will often just get stuck in my head um because it's just it's sort of like simple and folky um it's a very it feels very early 70s to yeah. me um and then following this we get judas's death which is the name of the song. Ooh. We're going to, uh, we get some more of those Batman chords coming in. Um, what ha- like the, the sort of like plot of it is that Judas sees Jesus in his cave prison. He freaks out. He tries to get Caiaphas to back down, obviously cannot, um, like sort of just realizes that like he has like created this thing. Um, and so he sings a reprise of, I don't know how to love him. Um, which is like him, grappling with this fact that like god had a plan and that plan depended on judas's betrayal and now he's gonna bear the weight of this thing forever when all he was doing was the thing that jesus wanted him to do um and the uh that he at some point he says my mind is in darkness which is like a beautiful mirror of his opening lines which is that his mind was clear now um r.i.p judas <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, Vito. Well, well done, Judas. Can I, well done, Judas. Can I, uh, I want to talk about Judas's death for just one second. So yeah. Judas, uh, in, in one of the gospels, he hangs himself in either in a different gospel or an ax. It's talked about how he, he, it's kind of weird how it's phrased. He bought a field and then he like falls in the middle of the field and his intestines are sp- split asunder. Or something like that. But this is my favorite version of it. This is uh, the early church father, Papias of Herapolis, recorded in his Expositions of the Sayings of the Lord, which is probably written around the first decade uh, of the second century AD, that Judas was afflicted by God's wrath. His body became so enormously bloated that he could not pass through a street with buildings on either side. His face became so swollen that a doctor could not even identify the location of his eyes using an optical instrument. Judas's genitals became enorm- enormously swollen and oozed with pus and worms. And finally, he killed himself on his own land by pouring out his innards onto the ground, which stank so horribly that even in Papias's own time, a century later, people could not pass the site without holding their noses. Well, why Why was it that in the movie? <laughs> d- is, d- he has an inflation fetish, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this guy is like the Eli Roth of his day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, I think that'd be fun. A song about how he's, you know, he's so fat yeah, that he can't walk down the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and how there's worms all over his genitals. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be Do good we need stuff. more genital song in this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
R.I.P. Judas. <laughs> R.I.P. Judas. <laughs> Tina, friend of the show, uh, had first talked told me. My wife. My wife. <laughs> Uh, when we were in high school, she would talk about how she wanted to be Judas, like if that would be like the role that she wanted to play. It's just, I love the way that this song mirrors everything that he's done and is like musically also like the culmination of his story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also yeah. that it like, yeah. It is like a little sexy too. Like it has yeah. some like, like really, I think that that's probably like the queerness of this film um, probably also was part of the pushback from Christian people. Because like the hearing this man say like, I don't know how to love him is like mm-hmm. so deeply beautiful and moving. Um, but I, I'm sure also pings a bunch of radars, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's just, it's a really, really intense scene and um, like just desperately beautiful. Yeah. 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 I, I love like in any iteration of, of this particular part of the show, um, it is always real intense, uh, for me. And like, yeah. It it just shows like, you know, like how you know, the concept of free will, you know, Judas you he just did what you wanted him to do and like now he has to bear that weight. So it's like, you know, like it, it creates this whole intense moment until uh he you know hangs himself and i i i really liked how they panned away from his body down mm-hmm. to the trial um mm-hmm. i thought that, that was, was a, a really creative like smart camera move that they did on their part i have a question do they hear echo the the well done judas so like that's something on the stage show it mirrors what he did in um blood money after he like makes the trade they do those chords and uh in the stage show here those same chords are like so long judas (laughs) it's it's dark (laughs) yeah so yeah, so then we do fade down into the trial. Uh, we're back at Pilate's court. It's like a more formal trial than what we saw before. There's a bigger mob, um, and the mob is calling t- for Pilate to crucify Jesus. They say, we need him crucified. It's all you have to do. Crucify no big. Him. Crucify, crucify him. him. Yeah. <laughs> Get him! Uh, I was just going to say, this was um, where uh, another big change happened, and they make an extended version of, of the song. Uh, mm. with with Pilate. So a lot of the stuff like where he's saying about like you guys, you hate Caesar. Like what do you like? This is not like you guys essentially. Mm-hmm. Like like you guys, you do you, you like hate he's us. He's trying to talk them out of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, like that. That was all apparently added uh, to the movie and has since uh, been added to the stage show. I love Pilate says he's a sad little man, not a king or a god, not a thief. I need a crime. Um, and then he flogs him anyway because he just wants to appease the crowd. Yeah, this is Against All Odds, our second movie on a row on the podcast that features a musical public flogging. And, like, extended, too. This is, I remember, this is another, like, really powerful moment from the stage show that I was sort of like, oh, I wonder how this is going to translate. That they do, like, they show 39 lashes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and they don't... They, they don't, like, break away. They don't give you any sort of relief from it. Like, you just go all the way through, and, like, the music builds. There's, like, this crescendo. And so um, so after this, we transition out of the trial. It's just a close-up on Jesus, who does this, like, slow turn in place. And as he does it, he transforms from Gandalf the Grey into Gandalf the White. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then on the other side of the amphitheater, Judas now descends from the heavens, riding across. He is dressed in bright white disco and tassels. he sings Jesus Christ Superstar. Tassels. Yeah. Tassels. Oh, tassels of All the tassels. Maybe maybe that's why, like, so long Judas, too. Like, so long, mm-hmm. see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming down. GTYL. <laughs> The, yeah, the song is so good. It's like it's all about like why did if you're the son of God, why did you appear in a time without mass communication? Like you could have made such a bigger impact in a different time. And they also call on different religions to be like, is this all the same shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> like does it matter? Like, which again, right, it yeah. feels dangerous for the Catholic Church to be like, yes, this is a good right? representation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, bop. Like this yeah. is another one where it's like they've sort of sprinkled in some of the music throughout, and then finally it's just like the big breath of relief when it's we get this whole song. Great stuff, and, and I bet it. I bet it slays yeah. live too when they come out and all those. Songs. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in, in, mm-hmm. incredible! This is like absolutely incredible, and I, and I think Carl Anderson, like this whole sequence, he does a fantastic job, and just like with all the gospel singers and like all the like the backup singers too, like just the whole set piece was fantastic mm-hmm. to me. This is another highlight uh in the movie for me um and that's it so i mean after yeah. this we go and we see the crucifixion which is just like by the book kind of rush I mean, through like, i'll be honest says, I, I thought there would be a yeah. song where he's up there on the cross singing but it's kind of they just uh-uh. they're just There's like laughing yeah they yeah they just hit yeah. all the hits of what he says you know and then um everyone gets back on the bus literally <laughs> like we see everyone <laughs> Um, they're like back in their street clothes, like they're not in co- like. Um, Pilot is wearing these like round John Lennon sunglasses, mm-hmm. which is just uh, like they know. Um, <laughs> Putting the hats back in the hat. yeah. <laughs> and then everyone as they as they get on the bus, it's like especially pronounced. Mary and Judas are the last two, um, and they like look over their shoulder, and the implication is that they're like they're looking at this dude that they've just crucified. Um, and it just sort of like wraps up and then silent credits. Silent not... credits. Second movie in a row of silent credits on the podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to say by, by means of wrapping up before we head into our final segment here that like, it feels good to have this have entered my heart <laughs> in a way <laughs> that like everyone I know, you know, in a way has, has, has had this as put like they, they know all these songs, they know all this stuff, but I've, it, I, I, I just I, what I'm trying to say is I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this movie, enjoyed this musical. I can see how I would enjoy different interpretations of this musical, but this movie in particular is such a wild ride with so many <laughs> crazy choices <laughs> that you can't be bored during it. Um, hey, Andy, yeah, are yeah. you trying to say that you've let Jesus Christ into your heart? Yes, and that I would like to <laughs> spend some time talking to you about how you can do the same. <laughs> it's going to take me approximately ninety minutes to talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we, t- we like to talk a little bit about what a remake of this would look like. Is there anyone that stands out that you guys would want to see cast in a new version of this? I mean, I think we could go for a female Jesus, but oh, that yeah. would be... Uh, Steph was just talking about, was it... Oh, yeah. So, like, truly this morning I discovered that last year they did an all-female recording. Oh, my God. Um, and it has uh, Shoshana Bean, who is a big Broadway girl, as Judas. Um, it features Cynthia Erivo, who is, like, 
at this moment filming Elphaba in oh, um, nice. the Wicked movie. She plays Mary, someone else's Jesus, it, and we listen to a little bit. It's great. It's great. I have I like really haven't dived in at all, but I'm excited to. I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. No that that sounds fantastic. Like I think an an all female cast would be really really interesting, especially like. I would love to to hear like uh, a female like Caiaphas. Like I don't know, I think oh, yeah. it'd just be really interesting to me. I do have a actually a little clip about it with a female Caiaphas. Uh, you know, like would sound like. What should we do about our boy keepers creepers? He's not all that bad. Yeah, and I think if there was an all-female cast, that it would have to you would have to have like a, a little boy in hot pants as Mary Magdalene. That's my that's my one ask. <laughs> Michael Sarah. <Yeah. laughs> Sold. Let's all right. Then let's jump into our final feature here. Our final final feature, which is uh, that whenever they remake a musical, you know, you always got to talk about um, the new song that you would write in order to get that best original song Oscar, right? Um, my, I'll be honest, I, I took an approach here that I have taken before on the podcast, um, because I did foresee, I did want to see a version of Jesus Christ Superstar that Hear Me Out is the Muppets in Jesus Christ Superstar, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? You got Kermit, Kermit's, he's uh-huh. Kermit's Jesus and Gonzo's Judas, you know, and like, you know, Beautiful. and maybe Fozzie is Herod. Piggy. Yeah, Piggy is Mary Magdalene. It's It writes itself. So... The two guys um, who I wrote a song here for, I couldn't believe they didn't have a song in the movie. I really thought they would, are the gentlemen who are crucified on either side of Jesus. Uh, Gestus and Dismas are their names, uh, historically. Uh, and so I wanted to write a song for them. And so I was thinking, oh, if we do Muppet um, Jesus Christ Superstar, who would I have play these two guys who, I know it. <laughs> who, sit, who sit up high on either side of you and heckle you? Um, I yeah I <laughs> so that's what I did. I wrote a little song here called "Remember Us in Your Kingdom," uh, starring Statler and Waldorf the Muppets Perfect. as yes. Gestus and Dismas. <laughs> uh, the second Statler and Waldorf song I've written on the podcast. And we haven't even done a Muppet movie yet. Uh, this is "Remember <laughs> Just want Us." The place in your heart. Yes. So this is "Remember Us in Your Kingdom." Uh, my proposed new song for Jesus Christ Superstar. Here we go. Today they crucify us. Yes, today we finally die. But the thing that really bugs me is they put us off to the side. I don't want to get on a cross about this, but this is persecution. (laughs) Some guy gave us second billing and our own execution. Oh, we don't know know what he's in for, this young lad. Hey, he looks about 33 to me. We're We're going to turn his good Friday to very bad. bad. Oh, why'd you have to upstage us? Jesus of Nazareth, remember us in your kingdom. We'll make sure you don't forget. <laughs> hey, Jesus, we saw your sermon on the mount. A little preachy. <laughs> I don't know about the Beatitudes, but it did make me want to be out the toot out of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most I've ever seen someone die on stage. And that includes today. <laughs> <laughs> we were at your Canaan wedding, and your finger wine made us yak. We were there for the loaves and fishes. I sent it back. Too much salt. We've been thieves a long, long time. This ain't our first hurrah. Jesus who? Why'd they put you into our group of twa? That means three, by the way. I don't know how good you are with numbers. Probably not very good. They nailed him to that plus sign. 
Hey, what do they call those three guys who visited you at your birth? The wise men. Oh yeah, that's right, the wise men. Because they kept asking afterwards, hey, why'd we do that again? Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder where all his disciples will be headed now. Well, if they're anything like John the Baptist, they are beheaded now. Boo! <laughs> 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 oh, martyrdom, it suits you very well. So before you go to heaven, we're here to make your life hell. Oh, why'd you have to upstage us, Jesus of Nazareth? Remember us in your kingdom. Nah, you won't forget. And what was the deal with that last supper? Just bread and wine? That's a last aperitivo at best. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want to get out of here? Yeah, let's go. Wait, I'm sorry. In in the in the canon of that song, is it that Statler and Waldorf were voluntarily being crucified? Uh, oh no, they just got caught because they're old thieves. But then they decide they don't want to be crucified, so they just get off and walk away. Okay. I mean, bravo! Thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's Muppet logic. All right, for I, sure. I gotta hit the road. I'm so sorry to cut it short. That's all right, Amanda. Anything you want to plug no, before you get out of you here? So you have much. The, the Mom and Pop Culture Podcast. Mom and Pop Culture Podcast, and also that female Jesus Christ Superstar recording. That sounds great. All right, hell yeah! Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much. See you later, guys. Uh, Brandon, what do you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna plug a few things if y'all don't mind. Uh, so, uh, I'm a part of a podcast network called Indie Source. I have a show on there called New Nintendo Podcast XL. Uh, I talk about video games, it's mostly Nintendo centric. I usually bring on a guest, uh, but we've talked about all sorts of video games, both Nintendo and non Nintendo non-tendo uh it's really great i'm always looking for guests so if you if you know anybody or if you want to come on and talk about video games please always looking for guests uh i also stream on twitch uh at mythemim uh that's m-y-t-h-e-m-i-m yeah just spelled the normal way. uh yeah yeah <laughs> well it's uh it's named after the the name comes from a, a song from this album called hot wet and sassy by this artist i like called tobacco anyways that doesn't matter the the point is is if if you want to uh keep up with all my in creative endeavors you can follow me on twitter too at brn hoff uh i recently did a sort of like fireside chat thing called reflections where i i I replayed through 12 zelda games over the last two months and i sort of reflect on these games like i'm a huge fan of zelda uh, so I, I reflect on each game and like how I feel about them and like see uh-huh. how they age and things like that and uh, been really gearing up towards the release of the new Zelda yeah. that's about to come out. Can't so, wait! I, I, uh, I just played. What's the one for Game Boy Advance where you can make be tiny? Uh oh, the Minish Cap. Yeah, I just played that, uh, that on, was, on Switch Online. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. That was the first one I did. Sort of like a timeline playthrough. So like I played through like in a certain order nice. and stuff, and that was the first one I played through. Uh, but I also want to say yeah, that I just uh, two days ago beat uh, after getting it at your insistence, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fantastic! Listen, Great I can talk about video games all day. I won't. But if you want to hear me talk about video games, you could check out my show. It's on all podcasting things. There you go. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for Wonderful. being here. Staff, what would thank you like you. to plug? Um, I guess I'd just like to plug a healthy dose of skepticism. <laughs> all right. Thanks. That's been Steph. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I'll mention, since I forgot to say it uh, after the song, that the only place that you can uh, get MP3s of of all the songs that we do here on Musical the Movie the Podcast are at our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbfun for the whole Dumb Fun family of podcasts, including Fanny Falls, Demon Hunter, and 30 Characters, uh, which is having a, a fun month uh, over there. Whenever we can't get a guest... We always have a make a really weird month out of it by recording a bunch of weird mini episodes, um, and so uh, we'll be doing that uh, all all April, and then back with a guest in May. Um, and uh, the roast of J.K. Rowling is happening May fifth and sixth in Louisville at Planet of the Tapes, and May seventh at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. And then I'll be back in Louisville May I'm gonna call it nineteenth and twentieth to uh, headline at Planet of the Tapes. And uh, I'm I'm around in the interim since then. How about this? Catch me in Aurora, Illinois. Beautiful Aurora, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> next uh, Thursday, April 27th. Uh, it's still not Friday at the Two Brothers Roundhouse. And other than that, follow me on Instagram, Andy Zaster. And let's just leave it there. Uh, you guys, uh, thank you for being thank here. Thank you. This was such a treat. Such a great yeah, time. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad that I got to come on. Yeah, three days later, we're going to do it again. Um <laughs> And I'll just tell the listener that uh, in honor of the uh, upcoming Eurovision finals, that I'm pretty sure that our next movie is going to be, and I want to get the title of this right, 2020's Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, which is the the Eurovision movie on Netflix. It's Eurovision season, everyone. With uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Uh, So uh, be on the lookout for that coming soon. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye, everybody. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast with Andy and Steph. Fun dumb.